that all Scripture is of the Holy Spirit. All prophesying, all witnessing is of the Holy Spirit. When you speak of some to someone about Jesus is of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and the bottom line of all that, if a person's going to believe, it's not so much that they will believe you, but they believe the Spirit of God who is testifying through you. Oftentimes we get caught that we want people to believe us. Not about believing us. If we can make people believe, wouldn't you make your family believe? <laughs> Boy, if the Lord told Elaine to take a stick and beat him into submission, she would do it. I'm glad that verse isn't in there. <laughs> But believing is something that a person has to yield to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And say, I believe this mainly because I was convicted and therefore I choose to believe. Not so much I choose to believe without conviction, but I believe and I choose to believe because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life concerning the Word of God. Now, a lot of people who named the name of Christ have not gone through that. They have not been convicted that the Word of God is true. So it's still that wondering, it's still a lot of searching going on, it's still a lot of questioning going on. But once you begin to sense the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that this is true, you settle that question on this area, on this scripture, on this text. But then isn't it strange how you get led into another one? And that process somewhat starts all over again. It's so easy to do what Jesus said. Boy, yes, they say that they believe in their heart, but their mouth is where at? Far from me. They're not really doing or talking about me. I'm not the essence of their life. I'm not the important thing in their life. And somehow we lose it. The author of scripture, the one who originates or creates something is the author and really knows what they're talking about. Or they really know the point that they're trying to get across. Warren Wisby is simply trying to say, you might be in a hurry, but God isn't. That whatever's going to happen is going to happen in God's time, not whose time. Boy, that's hard for us to learn, isn't it? Because we really do want it in whose time. See? 
We wanted it in our time. That's what became part of the problem with the name it, claim it thing. You name it, you claim it, you got it right now. No, we found it didn't really work. work so we don't hear that much of it anymore. Because we pray and we wait upon God. Wait upon him to lead us through his word to convict us about it. Wait until he shows us how he's going to do this. How he's going to work this thing out. And isn't it amazing sometimes when he tells us, shut your mouth. Only the person who originated scripture can really bring clarity to scripture. And that's the Holy Spirit. The person who originates something is the only one who can authenticate it or validate the real truth of what they were trying to say in their writings. And that's why the Holy Spirit is in every believer. Because he has to validate in every one of us what he has said. Not what Pastor has said. Not what Melvin has said. Not what Charles Stanley has said. Not what this one has said. But what he has said. He validates. He validates in our life. And therefore, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can prove Scripture is true. You can talk to a person all day long about Scripture. It takes the Holy Spirit to convict the heart that this is truth and not a myth, not a lie. Or something that will mislead you. But that it is God's truth. Being spoken directly from God. To you. In a sense. Now. Prophecy. Is a discourse. It emanates from a divine source. Or inspiration. But the main purpose of prophecy is this. Declaring the truth of God. Prophecy's main emphasis is to state what God has said. That's prophecy's main emphasis. Is to say what God has said. Now, all testimony concerning Jesus Christ and Scripture is of the Holy Spirit. Even when you don't see the Holy Spirit directly in the text per se, He's there. Why? He's the author. He's the author. He's the originator of what is being said to you. All the testimony concerning Jesus and Scripture 
is from the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to go with me to Revelation, and this is where we're going to somewhat see the indirect, but yet direct. Indirect is a roundabout way. A direct, no shortcuts, no turns, no nothing, just straight at it. <laughs> Straightforward. <clears throat> so what I'm trying to paint first here is that all witnessing, all prophesying, all testimony really is of the Holy Spirit when it's concerning Jesus Christ and Scripture. And that can be a difficulty for us because even among Christians, people want to pick and choose what they believe and what they don't want to believe. And Christians often will paint a picture of God, but sometimes that picture isn't accurate to what Scripture declares that God is. They have their feelings involved in it. And this is what I think God is. And yes, Scripture says that God is love, but Scripture also says that God is just. And sometimes Christians have a hard time dealing with both of those elements or characteristics of God. That he's just, but he's also loving. We can accept his love, but sometimes we can accept his what? His justice. In Revelation 19, 9 and 10, the scripture reads, When the angel said to me, write, and this is John that the angel is speaking to, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. Take note of what takes place next now. In verse 10. Because this is the real subject part of these verses right here. He says, at this I fell at his feet to worship him. That's the mistake. We don't fall at anybody's feet but Jesus Christ. We don't worship no other but Jesus Christ. And at this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, and I believe those words came out immediately when that action was demonstrated, that very quickly the angel said, Get up! You don't worship me. And... I fell at his feet to worship him. 
But he said to me, do not do it. Do not do it. Do not do it. You don't worship man, you don't worship angels. Do not do it. Now look how he compares himself. The angel compares himself with man. And he simply says, I am a fellow what? Servant. I am a fellow servant. Even in church life, pastors, elders, deacons, Sunday school teacher, we need to understand something. There's not something great about these positions per se, as far as the person. It's an honor that God called us to do that, but that doesn't make us somebody special. And what we need to understand is this, we're just fellow servants. That's all. We're fellow servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're serving together. We're in this thing together. And oftentimes that's missed because in church life sometimes, people want to put somebody up here and somebody up here and somebody up here and at the cross, guess what? We're all the same. For we all have sinned. I don't care what pastor is preaching today. He has lived a sinful life somewhere on his journey. Nothing special here. And that's what the angel is saying. Yes, I'm an angel. Yes, I'm not human. But I'm not the one you're going to worship. Get up from here. You put me in danger too. You stand up. And then he says, Do not do it. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers. He includes others. Who hold the testimony. Who what? Hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus now catch this, for the testimony of Jesus, there's a small S then, is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit. The word spirit here is simply breath or breeze. Some take it as in the Greek part, the vital principle or the main essence of it. It can also mean the mental disposition and the simple essence of something. But it is not talking about the Holy Spirit. So where in this verse or these verses do we find the Holy Spirit at work? And I just want to point them out to you and then you have to think about it. One He says, when the angel himself is speaking, he says, get up. Get up. When the angel says, write these things, 
Who told him? Did he come up with that being his own ideal or is the Holy Spirit directing? And I want to suggest to you the Holy Spirit is directing. The Holy Spirit is inspiring. Now, listen to me here for a moment. Listen. When's the last time you sensed the Holy Spirit inspiring you to speak? When's the last time the Holy Spirit is prompts you to do something? I don't think the angel is responding just on his own. Yes, He's acting on his will because his will is obedience. Obedience to who? To God. Your will ought to be obedience to who? To God. And therefore, if it's obedience to God, you're going to respond to the inspiration and the promptness of the Holy Spirit prompting you to perform and to do and to speak. So it's not talking about the Holy Spirit directly because the text there directly is talking about don't worship an angel or man or anybody else. You only worship one person. God. But directly, who's having this input? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Not being originated by the angel per se to do. When he tells John, write these things. Well, who told you what to tell John but to write? Who directed the angel? And I suggest to you it's the Holy Spirit at work. Not speaking directly about the Holy Spirit, but speaking indirectly concerning the work of the Holy Spirit, of what we see take place here. It's the testimony and witnessing of Jesus Christ that is the work of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. The real subject is not about the Holy Spirit, however, but you cannot dismiss what is taking place being the work of the Holy Spirit. And that who man should not worship and worship. Now, go to First Peter, where we can just get a little clearer view about these angels. First Peter chapter 1. And we want to get a a little better view of this. And then also the work of the Holy Spirit in it. Because, see, as smart as angels are and as strong as angels are, they're still limited. They're limited just like we are. Angels are not God. Angels are not God. They are limited creatures. 
And this verse allows us to see the limitation even. And he says here, starting in verse 10, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, search intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. He was revealed to them that they, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Now catch this last line. Even angels long to look into these things. They are message carrier and they carry the message have you ever had mom or dad write something and tell you take it down the street to miss so and so or this and that we better not open that thing if mom folded it up (laughs) we might want to know what's in it but you better not know what's in it (laughs) And the angels are message carriers. And sometimes what that verse is lying is no. They did not clearly understand what? The message that they were carrying. Their job was to deliver the message. But the Holy Spirit has to explain the message. And they looked at this thing of salvation and what God was doing. And they couldn't figure it out. And then to understand, even before Christ ever suffered, that Isaiah would be speaking about him suffering. And what he would have to go through. That they did not understand. So Isaiah and Jeremiah. And many of the prophets. Prophesied. Without full understanding. Of what they were prophesying. But yet they were faithful to share. What God had given to them. The spirit of Christ. In them. Is pointing to something. In that verse 11. And he says. Boy the spirit. Of Christ. In them was pointing. Again speaking of who. The Holy Spirit. Is pointing towards something. Of the future that Christ would suffer and what he would go through in order to secure this salvation. 
But then the Holy Spirit is the one who has to make it a reality to the people. He's the one that has to declare this truth to the people. He's the one that have to explain the glories that follow. He's the one that has to fix your eyes on Jesus and what type of life that will be as you follow Jesus and the glory that comes because you follow Jesus. And we are marching into glory. And we are going from glory to glory. And the Holy Spirit is the one who makes that real to us. And the angels couldn't figure that out. So the angels in Hebrews even asked, why are you mindful of man? Wouldn't the easiest thing be to do the same thing you did with the flood? Let's just destroy everybody. Wouldn't the easiest thing be sometime with them kids and just send them back wherever they come from? Good thing God made it where that's impossible (laughs) or someone would go back. (laughs) But the thing is, God the Holy Spirit is the one who marches down through the time of history to clarify, to make it known, to make it where it's understood. And in your life, when you hit a bump in the road or you hit a dead-end street, all you can do is wait for God to clarify it. All you can do is wait for God to give you a turnaround. All you can do is wait for God to give you direction on which way to go. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we might have the understanding if we hang on to his word, his scripture that he's given unto us. And when we get in those spots, we need to church. Search the scriptures, not run away from it, not close our Bibles up, not stop coming from to church, not stop talking to Christian people. And see, we wind up doing all that. When we hit a rough spot in life, we shut the Bible. When we hit a rough spot in life, we stop coming to church. When, when, whenever something really happens in our life and we can't come up to folks in church and say, I'm blessed. And those are a lot of folks lying. Because if it's the blessing that they're getting, I don't want that blessing. Do not forsake the fellowshipping of one another. Why? That's your encouragement. That's your support team. That's where you're going to hear the wisdom of God if you're really listening. Don't worry. God will tell you which ones to let it go on by. But he'll also draw your attention 
to the ones he wants you to hear. And you stay in his word. You stay in obedience to him. And you keep trusting him in the darkest hours of your life. He'll allow the light to shine through. And he says, who preached this to you? Though men may have preached it, the word tells us it was by the Holy Spirit. Who have preached the gospel to you? By the Holy Spirit. It was just not man one day thinking, oh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to travel down the road a little bit and I'm going to preach a sermon down here. Or I'm going to go over here and I'm going to preach a sermon over here. Or I'm going to go knock on this door and I'm going to share with Jesus Christ. Or I'm going to do this. No, it's not man. I got to be careful on what I'm going to say here now. There's nothing wrong with man's program because man many times are trying through their own effort to do something for God. I think the church today is at a critical crossroad. Do we do our thing? Or do we hear from God and follow him? We need a fresh anointing and a hearing from God. For the church, for the people of God to once again know that they're hearing from the Holy Spirit and not from man. But that the Spirit of God that somehow that will witness with their spirit and somehow encourage them to live for God. Not for a program. Not for something we're trying to accomplish. But that God's directing and we're at work at it. But God will bring it to pass. There's a difference when God brings it to pass and through our own efforts we bring something to pass. God knew something that I didn't know because I didn't forget it. I went out and I paid Jennings another $1,500 and so the bill was down to $1,000 for the air units and everything. And I had totally forgot it. In haste to get out of here a couple of weeks ago, I put a, two checks in an envelope and put them in my drawer. Totally forgot about them. And I'm going through my desk drawer looking for something else and I see this envelope. What is this for? 
So before I threw it in the trash can, I just put it up to the light to see if anything is in it. And something was in it. And then when I opened it up, there's two checks money to $400, so it bring the air condition down to only $600. We owe rather than 1000 God knows everything about us. Now catch this. Even what you forget about yourself. And if it's necessary, God brings it back. God the Holy Spirit is the revealer of God's truth. God the Holy Spirit is the revealer of God's will. God the Holy Spirit is the revealer of God's desires for your personal life. Your life won't be like mine. Mine won't be like yours. It won't be like your neighbor's. It won't be like this person. But God has a plan specifically for you. And the Holy Spirit will reveal God's plan that he has for your life. And the way you check it is because it fits in his word. It fits in his word. But he says, we preach to you not through our own strength, not of our own desire, not of our own thinking and our own origination, but by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Go to Acts 12, 18. Acts 12, 18. Again, just bring out the fact that it is the Holy Spirit who does this prophesying and testimony and the preaching. It's all done by him. And that's hard for us to understand. Do you understand people can memorize the scriptures but don't know the scriptures? They can memorize scripture but don't know the scriptures. And what you want to do is memorize it but know it also. What is it saying? What does it mean? What does it mean in its context? But then the next question is this, Lord, what does it mean to me personally? How do I apply it personally? What do I do with this personally? So in 12.18, he says, is it Acts? Where did I mess up that here? Two, Acts 2.18. I'm sorry, I think I put 12. It may be 2.18. Yeah, let's go to Acts 2.18. I got 12.18, it's 2.18. And then I want to compare that, and I want you to look at the two of them somewhat together in your mind. 
And then I want you to ask this question. Who makes it possible? Who makes this possible? So in 2.18 he says, Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will what? Prophesy. Part I want you to catch is this. They're going to prophesy or they're going to give testimony or they're going to proclaim because of what? The Holy Spirit being poured out upon them. Not because man come up with a great idea of testifying and giving testimony or giving a word, but because of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit. Now, go over to Numbers 11. And look what takes place. Takes place one time. They speak one time. But who makes it, in, makes it possible? Who makes it possible? So Numbers 11, 25. He says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. Him is Moses. And he took of the spirit that was on him and put the spirit on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. They spoke the things of God. They spoke the things of God. Only when the Spirit rested on them. Only when the Spirit was poured out upon them did they prophesy. And what I want you to grab hold of is this. If I'm not witnessing or testifying of Christ, it's because either I am quenching the spirit or I don't really have the spirit. And if I don't really have the spirit, I may be a religious person believing something, but I'm not in Christ. And I understand sometimes the fear that can come upon us. And sometimes I have to even say it to myself, God, you haven't given me the spirit of fear. Because, boy, should I say this, Lord? Shouldn't I say this? Should I talk to this person? Shouldn't I talk to this person? But if it's the spirit... I'm only going to give testimony. I'm only going to witness. I'm only going to proclaim about Jesus and Scripture through the power of the Holy Spirit, not of the flesh, because the flesh can never glorify God. But only through the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go to Second Peter. Now, what I want you to do is take what we've just shared in the last few minutes, and I want you to dump it, in a sense, or put it all 
right here into Peter. In Second Peter. Okay? Chapter 1 and verses 19 through 21. And I want you somewhat, like I said, just kind of dump it all right here into Peter to get an understanding of what Peter is saying to us. That scripture was not originated by man, but only by the Spirit of God. We pick up in verse 19, he says, And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. We have the words of who? The prophets. Now the question is, have to be, we have the words of the prophet or do we have the words of the Holy Spirit? Are the prophets only speaking what the Holy Spirit has given unto them? Is the prophets only writing what the Holy Spirit has given to them to write? Because when it comes about Scripture and Jesus Christ and this Gospel, the only one is the Holy Spirit who can bring it forth out of our lives. Who's able to speak it. So he says, we have the words of the prophet. What it tells me here is this, they believed it They believed it. And like Paul says, because I believed it, I spoke it. (laughs) You'll know when you really believe in Jesus Christ, you'll speak it. You'll speak it. And as Romans says, I will not be ashamed of his gospel. Because it really is the power of God into salvation for all men, Jews or Gentiles. And I'm not ashamed of it. And you'll know when you really are in love with Jesus Christ, you'll share it. And he says, here comes the words of the prophet. The words of the prophet. made more certain, and you will do well. Now listen to the instructions we get. We would do well to what? Take heed or pay attention. What is that saying to our culture today? What is that saying to our society today? We're not really what? We're not really paying much what? And what he's saying to us is simply this. If you listen and you take heed to it, it will benefit you. It will prosper you. It will change your life. But you got to be willing to what? Listen. And he goes on and he says, need to pay attention to it. 
as to the light shining in a dark place. If you were in a dark place, could you recognize a little light that comes through? If everything was closed off and it was just pitch dark and no light at all, the least little glimmer of light that comes through somehow draws your attention, captivates you, and even gives you hope. And he goes on and he says, you hang on to it until the day of dawn and the morning star rises where at in your heart that you hang on to this gospel you hang on to Jesus Christ i don't care how dark it may look in your life you trust him you hang in there until the dawn breaks because the day is coming it's only night just for so long. And the day is coming. And the encouragement is to hang in there. It's the same God who reigns when the sun is up and when it's down. <laughs> it's the same God. And he says, hang in there now. And he goes on now. To verse 20, he says, above all, you must understand, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by prophets' own, what? Interpretation. This is not man's imagination. This is not man writing, per se, in and of his own thinking. Yes, God allowed him to use the things around him and things that were going on in life. But this word is inspired by God. And the men penned with the understanding of what God wanted to say through the direction of the Holy Spirit or inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But the main point he's making is this. It is not man-made. Man could not have connected all these books, these 66 books. Man could not have connected them all. Man could not have made from Genesis speaking of Jesus Christ in chapter 3 and showing it to us in Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John. Man could not have kept that story connected in the manner in which God connected it down through the history. And what he wants us to know and be assured of, that scripture came not from the prophets themselves, but from the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we get lost with that. 
We have the words of the prophets, but it is not their own words. We need to take heed to it. We need to hear it. Because it's written for our benefit. God is sharing, in one sense, pouring his heart out to us of what he desires of us. And prophecy never originated in the will of man. Man didn't think this up. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. Man spoke from God as they were carried along by who? The Holy Spirit. Everything that we've read so far this morning has been the result of the Holy Spirit, whether directly or indirectly, we see him. That they could not prophesy until the Holy Spirit rested upon them. They could not prophesy until he poured out his Spirit upon them. The angels couldn't do it because the angels didn't understand it. And even the angel had to be directed by the Holy Spirit to say unto John, Write these things. People, at some point, we all have to surrender. Either this book is true, or this book is not true. Either you become a student of this book or you become a student of this world. And far too many Christians have more knowledge about this world than they have about this book. And we need to put this in here and down here. And then we need to take that which we understand from here and put it into action. All that can only be done in your life, though, by the Holy Spirit. That's why the Lord says, yeah, they know, but they do not what I say. (laughs) How many of you are like that? I don't do everything. Sometimes I'm a slow learner. Sometimes my head is hard and God has to bash it a little bit. He has to knock me upside my head. The thing is this. If you love him, you're going to learn of him. And it never stops. You can be 80, 90 years old. You're going to still desire to learn of him. You're never too old to sit with a group of men or a group of women and sit down and talk about scripture or the things of God. That's where we sharpen each other. That's where we build each other. That's where we help each other. Coming to church Sunday morning is more getting your duty out of the way. 
I did my thing. Okay, God, be satisfied now. Don't ask me to do nothing else now this week. I was out there for a couple of hours. Good thing God don't make worshiping him a 40-hour job because a lot of us wouldn't have a job. But every opportunity you have. Now, this is Satan's lie. Y'all at the church too much. You can't be at the church too much. In reality. You can't be at the church too much. Why? It's your learning place. It's your sharpening place. You can't be around other Christians too much. They will sharpen you. And you really learn how to pray for one another. Intercede for one another. Encourage one another. The thing is, sometimes in church, we don't value what's being said. But you could not be in a better place than to be at the feet of Jesus. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord. that you've given unto us your spirit who bears witness with our spirit that we truly are the children of God. That I can know that I really am a child of God because the spirit testifies of it to my spirit. And that Lord... Your Holy Spirit is what builds the testimony within me, the prophecy within me, that I may speak into the lives of others. And I don't need to have any title. I don't need to have any any degree. I don't have to be the best speaker or educated individual, but I must be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I must be an individual who wants to hear from Him before I speak. I must be one. who is sincerely in love with Jesus, that your Holy Spirit may prophesy through, that your Holy Spirit may speak through, that your Holy Spirit may use. May we come to a place where your word is true and is true Because the spirit of truth has declared it through the prophets and through men down through the ages. 
Help us, Lord, to get past the doubting of your word. Help us to get past the unbelief of your word. Help us to get past of questioning if you know what is best for us. And let us come to a place where we simply trust. Trust you and trust your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you for your word. May we go back home and even go over your word again. And Lord, if we have doubts about your scripture, help us to be honest. Help us to be like one in Luke. Lord, help me in my unbelief. Help us to be honest with you. And where I don't understand, let us ask for wisdom. Let us ask for knowledge. Believing that you will give us wisdom and knowledge. That we might understand your word. And that we'll be able to trust it. Thank you for what you're yet going to do in our lives. In this area. In Jesus name. Amen.